Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Today is uh, 16 July. It's Sunday. It's time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And um, before we uh, introduce the person we highlight each week, um, I'll tell you that uh, an issue that many people don't understand, and there are a thousand different views on it, um, will be our sermon this week on dietary laws of Israel. It'll take a few sermons to get through, but um, it's Exodus, uh, I'm sorry, Leviticus 11, 1 through 23 today. It's our first uh part one of our dietary law sermon. And if you have questions about that, uh, if you uh, uh, have presuppositions about that, it would be good for you to watch that sermon and to understand what the Bible is telling us. But more specifically, why did he pick these particular verses, insert them where he did, and uh, you know he picked certain animals that he highlights, some he doesn't. Why would he do that? For example, he never mentions the uh, donkey, which is a very common animal. It falls under the categories he gives, but he mentions the camel instead of the donkey, for example. So why did those things happen? It's a really interesting passage, and uh, I hope that people that have questions about the dietary laws would make sure that they watch that sermon, because you're going to learn something new. I guarantee it. Guarantee you're going to learn something new about it. So having said that, um, we have somebody to highlight this week. Uh, they attend from South Bend, Indiana. It's Michael and Susan Bridger. He said, at 21, I fell in love with a 17-year-old church girl. We first met when she was 12 and I was 16. Uh, I was as long-haired, lost as lost could be hippie, and understandably, her parents disapproved. I said to them, send me books on your religion just to keep them happy. So they did. Now, my mom made sure that we went to church every Sunday, so I knew about Jesus. I had even read the Bible from time to time, but I was not saved. The books that Sue's mom sent to me talked about the Lord in an entirely different way. They described him as a living, vibrantly alive God that really cared about us. I knew that he loved us, but now he became a real person to me. So the more I read, I realized I wanted this Savior for myself. Long story short, I got saved. And we were married a few years later. That was 34 years ago. Good job, folks. We have three grown children, two spoiled cats, and one spoiled dog. And we love studying Bible prophecy. We watch your update every week, and God is so good, he says. So, wonderful stuff. We send our love to you all the way over in South Bend, Indiana. And our first category, as always, is Israel. From uh, Got a lot about Germany in this update today, but uh, first articles from Haaretz. In first, Germany to send fighter jets to train in Israel. Never happened before. They have a, twice a year they have a um, exercise and Germany will attend this year. Representatives of a number of foreign air forces met at the Ovda Air Base in southern Israel as part of the planning for the biennial blue flag exercise, which will be held in November. Almost 70 foreign planes from nine countries, along with hundreds of pilots, will take part. This is the first time such a large number of foreign planes and air forces will participate in a training exercise in Israel. Germany, one of the participating countries, will for the first time send fighter jets to the exercise. Alongside an aerial refueling plane, pilots and senior officials from its army and air force. Good job, Germany. From Times of Israel, Germany okays deal to sell nuke-capable submarines to Israel. They already have some. Uh, These will be to replace the ones that are currently in stock. But uh, Germany's National Security Council approved the sale of three more nuclear-capable submarines to Israel for the combined price of some $1.3 billion. The Israeli Navy currently maintains a fleet of five state-of-the-art German underwater vessels of the Dolphin class, which can be equipped with nuclear warheads with a six due for delivery this year. And it says they could be equipped with nuclear warheads. I guarantee you that they are. Um, I've met um, Gerard Schroeder, who is, uh, was in charge of our nuclear program here in America. He moved to Israel, retired there, and those secrets didn't stay in Israel. They're in his head. So, um, you know, they, they never admit that they have nukes over there or not, but you just read the book of Zechariah chapter 14 and you know something is coming that will destroy the armies coming against them. And I don't think those are specifically nukes. It says that the, you know, the 
people will melt as they stand on their feet and uh, the donkeys will melt on their, their feet and but the things around them don't get destroyed so I have a feeling it's it's some type of um, neutron bomb or something like that but anyway they have a lot of superior technology there and now they have a couple more submarines to go with it from Aritz Shiva which Americans support Israel and which do not a new study of pro-Israel sentiment in the United States suggests support for the Jewish state is becoming an increasingly partisan issue with the gap between Republicans and Democrats widening dramatically. The survey showed that 62% said they had a favorable view of the Jewish state compared to 76% who said they supported Israel in 2010. So that's way down in a few years. While pro-Israel views remain stable among self-described Republicans, the number of Democrats who said they supported Israel dropped 13% from 2010. Uh, So that's a big drop there. But it's only going to continue to get worse as this nation is divided. People will not see harmony between one side and another, and they will continue to fracture more. It's just going to happen. The Lord says in Ezekiel 38, actually 36 through 38, that he's going to bring his people back to the land, and he's going to do it. Um, it, You've seen how he's done it all throughout the world, through the Holocaust, through the pogroms, through the troubles down in Venezuela. They're going, and they're ollieing back right now. And uh, even in America, uh, Jewish people are leaving. We had some, I didn't include it in the article today, but we had some that went to be a part of Israel for the 4th of July, making the new move um, to their their ancient homeland. Let's see here. um, From Israel Hayom, Israel's efforts to be included in U.S. visa waiver program, which I brought up a few weeks ago, hit a snag. Israeli efforts to be included in the waiver program have again failed to succeed. The foreign ministry had hoped that the friendly Trump admin would grant Israelis the coveted waivers, but it hit a snag over America's demand to include Israeli citizens in the U.S. fingerprints database. So this isn't our problem at all. This is our requirement for all nations. If you want to have this visa program, you have to be able to um, submit your information. So this means allowing Israel's national fingerprint database to be fully accessible to the FBI's IAFI system. Deputy Foreign Minister Hatovli said acceding to the American demand requires a legislative change in Israel. She said a special team in the foreign ministry has been tasked with trying to advance the issue and devise a solution. I hope it works. That way our friends Sergio and Rhoda, who are right now monitoring our system, and they're in Nazareth, and they're taking care of the church from there, they want to come back, and I'd like them to be able to come over any time they want without a visa and eventually move back here permanently. So we miss them terribly. I know everybody here does. From Jerusalem Post, Israel bars UNESCO team from Hebron Field visit. Now, this was in 625. It was just a few weeks ago. Israel's refusing to allow UNESCO investigatory team to make a field visit to Hebron in advance of a pending vote to register its old city on the list of world heritage in danger under the state of Fakistan, the uh, Fakistanian Authority has fast-tracked the inscription process by claiming that the site is endangered. Since UNESCO recognized Fakistan as a member state in 2011, I use the term Fakistan. Uh, we have somebody here that's never heard that probably. It's because they're not a people. They never were a people. They never had a government or issued currency. And this is a lie that's being perpetrated on the world in fulfillment of Bible prophecy. So, um, it says, since UNESCO recognized Fakistan in 2011, the Fakistanian Authority has similarly fast-tracked inscription of two other sites on the World Heritage in Danger list, the Church of the Nativity and Pilgrimage Route in Bethlehem in 2012 and the ancient terraces of Batir in 2014. Israel knew what was coming. They were not going to allow this to happen under their authority. Sure enough, behold Israel. UNESCO passes resolution claiming ancient Hebron sites as Fakistinian World Heritage Sites. UNESCO voted in a secret ballot passing a resolution which claims the old city of Hebron and the tomb of the patriarchs as a Fakistinian World Heritage Site. Last week, U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations Haley called on UNESCO to cancel the vote, emphasizing that the site is not under threat, stating the tomb of the patriarchs, which is sacred to three-face, is in no immediate threat. Such a designation risks undermining the seriousness such an assessment by UNESCO should have realized. So they ignored our people. They overrode Israel once again. They made this decision. And so what's the result of that from World Israel News? Netanyahu reads 
from Bible to prove Hebron's tomb of the patriarchs is Jewish. Prime Minister Netanyahu read passages from the Bible during Sunday's weekly cabinet meeting as a refutation of the resolution by the UNESCO World Heritage Committee designating the tomb of the patriarchs and Hebron a Fakistinian heritage site. Genesis 23, 16 through 19, which is a beautiful passage. If you don't understand why the Lord put that in there, go back and watch that old sermon. You will learn something that you have no comprehension of how wonderful it is. But anyway, it's everything in the Old Testament pictures something else, including the dietary laws. It all pictures something either done by Christ or for his people or even representing his redemptive process in world history. Everything in the Old Testament makes a picture of something coming in the new. Everything. So, and, and this is no different here. It says um, the tomb of the patriarchs is one of purchase and of history, which may be without parallel in the history of the peoples. Well, that's not true. He uh, does, the Bible does record that Abraham bought that land from uh, Ephron the Hittite. Um, I don't want to give away the, the details. If you watch that sermon, you will be so excited to see what that's picturing. It's, I'll, I'll give you a little hint. It's about the purchase of humanity, the redemption of humanity, but I won't go any deeper than that. It's a wonderful passage. But he read that, and he said that this proves that we have a biblical claim to that. The purchase was made by a person in our genealogy. Well, Abraham is also in the genealogy of the Arabs, okay, because he's the father of Ishmael, and then you have Esau, who came from Jacob, who is Israel. So we have all of these people that are involved in that. But there is a more important one that came to mind. Actually, John Holler, who does another prophecy update, uh, emailed me with this information. You know, just, hey, look at this. And I went back to him and I said, you know, this is fine and he's right to read that. But um, there's something that's a lot more astonishing in the uh, Bible. It's uh, recorded actually in 1 Samuel and then in 1 Chronicles 21. So I'm going to take you there and I'm going to give you a little bit of history that we have. um, uh, The whole world is coming against Israel for a particular reason. And there is going to be something that will cause the whole world to really devolve into insanity. Um, It's 1 Chronicles 21. I'll start in verse 18. Therefore, the angel of the Lord commanded Gad to say to David that David should go and erect an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. So David went up at the word of Gad, which he had spoken in the name of the Lord. Now Ornan turned and saw the angel and his four sons who were with him hid themselves. Or, but Ornan continued threshing wheat. Now imagine that. The angel of the Lord is up above Jerusalem and it's killed 70,000 people in the land. He turns around and keeps working. So uh, I, we'll talk about that someday in a sermon. It'll, it, let's see, uh, 1 Chronicles 21, it'll be the year 2177 that we'll get to that sermon. But it's wonderful what it's telling you. Um, so uh, it says he continued threshing wheat. So David came to Ornan and Ornan looked and saw David and he went out from the threshing floor and bowed before David with his face to the ground. Then David said to Ornan, grant me this, grant me this place of this threshing floor that I may build an altar on it to the Lord. You shall grant it to me at the full price that the plague may be withdrawn from the people. But Ornan said to David, take it for yourself, take it to yourself and let my Lord, the king, do what is good in his eyes. Look, I also give you the oxen for the burnt offerings, the threshing implements for wood and wheat for the grain offering. I give it all. Then King David said to Ornan, no, but I will surely buy it for the full price, but I will not take what is yours for the Lord, nor offer burnt offerings with that which costs me nothing. So David gave Ornan 600 shekels of gold by weight for the place. And David built there an altar to the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings and called on the Lord. And he answered him from heaven by fire on the altar of burnt offering. We'll stop there, but there's a recorded purchase of land there. Okay. That recorded purchase was by the king of Israel, David, and it was for the threshing floor of Arauna, or in this, uh, in Chronicles, he's called Ornan. He bought that. It is his by right. That means that his living descendant, any living descendant of his, has a right to that piece of property. Now, he is um, a Jew, King David. The genealogy went down from King David. But unfortunately, we have a problem. There is no genealogical records for the Jewish people because they were destroyed in A.D. 70 along with the temple, with but one exception. And it's not recorded just once, it's recorded twice. Once in Matthew chapter 1, and the second, I believe, is Luke 3. It's the genealogy of Christ Jesus. 
He is the owner of that threshing floor, and he's going to come back in due time to claim authority for it. And he's going to sit in the temple of Jerusalem, and he's going to rule the nations for a thousand years. So we have the deed right there. We don't need to argue it. We have the deed for uh, this not to be a fake Estinian site, but something that belongs to the Jewish people, and arguably for the uh, Arabs as well. No problem there. But uh, the, the Temple Mount itself belongs to one living person. We have the proof of his life in the resurrection. So we have nothing to worry about there. And um, as a side thing, people have been sending me a video about the real true place of the temple where it was built. And uh, uh, there are books that have been written about this saying that it's another location in Jerusalem. Actually, they picked about five other places. But history records through Flavius Josephus. In the Book of Wars, it's the fifth chapter, um, and uh, Book 5, Chapter 5, he records where the threshing floor, uh, or, or I'm sorry, where the Temple Mount is. He also records, you know, its location, its size. He gives the size exactly, and it matches what is the Temple Mount today, not any of these other places. I understand that people want to look for um, that which is speculatory and which is sensational, but we want to stick to history. Go read Flavius Josephus, Book of the Wars of the Jews, Book 5, Chapter 5, and it'll give you the information. It is the Temple Mount, okay? And that's why the whole world is going to come against them. Uh, it wouldn't be, you know, if, they, if it was actually some other location in Jerusalem and they built a temple, there would not be what is coming upon the world. I'm telling you, the world would not be up in arms over it like they will when it's suggested to be built on the Temple Mount. So we'll go on. One more article in this category, United with Israel. North Carolina, good job, becomes the 22nd U.S. state to pass anti-BDS legislation. Good job, North Carolina. From Christian News today, I have a couple things to say. First, we have some uh, friends that are there. They attend this church online. This is their home church. And they've come all the way from Arkansas to attend for a second time. They were here in February. They're back down here for a couple weeks now. And what's astonishing about people like this is they don't just come and visit and uh, sit out on the beach. Uh, They were at mission work yesterday. It was extremely hot. And uh, the first time they were here, there was a guy that was a lunatic running around threatening people. And uh, I said, you're getting a good break in now because uh, uh, it's never like this. So whatever happens will never be this bad again. And it hasn't. But I so much appreciate you guys making this effort and coming all the way down here to attend with us. That's uh, John and Kathy Slater. And then one other thing that the people that are watching the Prophecy Update do not know this. And so um, we had a gentleman that opened us today. His name is Bruce Sogolow. Is that correct? Okay. He is a Messianic Jew. He is going overseas to minister to uh, people who have adopted children. And it's a lot of people that are involved in this. Missionaries go over there and they adopt children. And it is something that he has a unique specialty and capability for. And if you want to watch his video, it will be posted um, on YouTube, on our channel. It um, I usually have it under Bob and Paul um, opening comments or something like that. I can't remember the category name, but just go to our playlists and you will see him. He will explain very quickly, 10 to 15 minute talk about why he is going. It's not a large need. It's only $3,000. And I would hope that people would be willing to support this. Just send, send me an email and I will send you his contact information. You can go directly to him rather than me going through like I do often for people in uh, the Philippines or in India. You can go to him directly, but it is something that will be very helpful and we want to make sure that he gets this. He needs it soon so that he has his tickets ready to go in September, correct? Okay, so please keep that in mind. From the Times of Israel, happened last week with the United Church of Christ. This week, Mennonite Church USA votes to divest in protest of Israeli policies. The Mennonite Church USA voted to sell its holdings and companies they saw are profiting from business in the territories occupied by Israel. Although the economic impact is expected to be minimal, it's a very small church, and they probably don't have a lot there anyway, such votes are closely watched as a measure of views on Israel and the Fakistinians from within the U.S., the Jewish state's closest and most important ally. The resolution directs managers of the $3 billion Everance, I guess, church fund, to uh, regularly screen holdings to avoid any economic support for Israeli policies in the occupied territories. The Mennonite church has just over 75,000 members. Very sad that they do not 
they're not willing to pick up the news to read it and to see the truth of what's going on in the land of Israel. It is completely false, the presentation that is put into the mainstream media. I've been there. I've, I've got friends that live there. Uh, I have friends that are actually Jewish and Arab married together that live there that understand the situation. They support Israel's decisions because they're alone in the world right now with America very quickly falling away from, from being on their side. And it's all coming first out of the churches. It's so sad. All right, we'll go on from Breitbart. Church of England, we brought this up one month ago. I said it'll probably happen. Guess what? Church of England votes in favor of marking gender transitions with a religious ceremony. This is the entire Church of England. The official Church of the United Kingdom voted four to one in favor among the clergy and more than two to one among the laity at the four-day synod. The motion reading that this synod recognizing the need need for transgender people to be welcomed and affirmed in the parish church call on the House of Bishops to consider whether some nationally commended liturgical materials might be prepared to mark a person's gender transition. I'm sure the Lord is not pleased with what's going on in his churches around the world, and I don't even know if we can call them his churches anymore. Book of Revelation 2 and 3 shows us the things that displease the Lord here you go. The vicar of Lancaster Priory Church said, I hope that we can make a powerful statement that we believe trans people are cherished and loved by God. Bishop of Liverpool, Paul Bay, said LGBTI, LMNOP, orientation and identity is not a sickness. And LGBTI, orientation and identity is not a sin. Well, I think they'll find out differently. From Breitbart, Swedish prime minister to force. Now imagine you're a, a priest over in Sweden, right? Force priests to conduct gay marriages. You now have to compromise your values or you are out. All right? Compares them with abortionists, even if they disagree with gay marriage. No priest in the Swedish church can refuse to marry same-sex couples. Mr. Lofven argued that it did not matter what the view of the individual priests was and even supports a motion to only allow priests who agree with same-sex marriage the opportunity to be ordained. If you work as a midwife, you must perform abortions. Otherwise, you must have something else to do. It is the same for priests who do not want to perform same-sex marriages. Very sad. From Christian Headlines few titles here. Sweden Christian School students are banned from praying over meals. Oh, well, you've got a Christian school and you can't pray over your meals. You can't ask the Lord to bless your food anymore. Christian News. Nebraska Tri-Faith Initiative building a church, synagogue, and a mosque side by side. From KETV, thousands turn out for the Tri-Faith Mosque open house. Okay, let's see your Christian headlines. NFL player Derek Carr, this is not something that is really relevant, but I'm going to give a point why I'm including it. After signing a $125 million contract, this is an NFL player, he's a Christian, the first thing I will do is pay my tithe. And I thought, good for him that he wants to uh, honor the Lord with his money, but somebody has misled him on the issue of tithing. Thank you. Okay, now tithing is something that is under... What? New Testament, Old Testament. It's the law of Moses. It's a mandate under the law of Moses. Just so you know, there are people out there that say that there is the law of uh, first mention. In other words, uh, Abel is killed by Cain, and the Lord says, look, I hear your blood is crying, for, your brother's blood is crying from the ground. And so you can assume that blood means that you are, it indicates life, and if the blood is shed, then there is death. And throughout the whole Bible, that is true. Okay, so it's more a precept than a law. It's just saying that something should follow naturally. And people will use the account of Melchizedek in when Abraham presented to him his money, his 10% of the spoils, and he says, um, they will say that this is the law first mentioned, and therefore you are to tithe. Okay, well, if that was true, you would have the same thing follow through out the Old Testament um, because it's supposed to be consistent all the way through the Bible. First, there's a problem with the law of first mention is because we'll just give one of thousands of examples. Somebody is married to a woman and uh, the husband dies, right? And the woman doesn't have a child. You're supposed to give the wife to the husband. Well, why aren't we doing that if we're going by the law of first mention? And we could do this all the way through. We get circumcision. The New Testament says that we are not to be circumcised 
if we are, in other words, if you allow yourself to be circumcised, you are a debtor to the entire law. You have fallen from grace. Okay? So if you're not circumcised and you come to Christ and you try to merit God's favor, then you've fallen from grace. Well, that's the law first mentioned was Genesis 17. So you cannot apply the law first mentioned. Secondly, if that was true, the law first mentioned, then you would have 10% given the spoils to Abraham, but then you would have 10% under the law of Moses. But you don't. Deuteronomy chapter 14 says give 10% every third year. That's correct. The other two years, what do you do with your tithe? Use them yourself. Use them yourself. You go down to Jerusalem, you have a partay, and you buy whatever your soul lusteth after, according to ye old King James Version. So you, you go down there and you buy whatever you want and you, you enjoy yourself. That is what the law of the tithe says. Every third year, you take your tithe and you give it in for the need of the priests and the Levites and the uh, orphans and the widows, etc. If you don't know where that is, it's Deuteronomy 14, starting in the 22nd verse. It goes down to the end of the chapter. Read it. It'll take you two seconds. It's repeated in Deuteronomy 26, verse 12. And then it's repeated a third time in Amos 4, verse 4. But all of that having been said, the law of Moses is annulled in Christ. That's in the book of Hebrews. It says it 15 times. We'll be saying that at the beginning of our sermon today. And uh, there's really only two things that mention giving at all in the New Testament. The first is that uh, you should take care of your instructor, the one who teaches you in the, the Word of God. That's from Galatians 6. And then the other one is give as you have been prospered, okay? As you prosper, give. So don't ever let anybody push you around. Somebody has got this guy believing that he has to earn his way into heaven by giving a 10%. So if I get the uh, mind to do it in the week ahead, if I'm not busy, I will send him an email and say, I want you to know what the law says. And that way he can know, and then I can say, you're not under law, you're under grace. So anyway, just save the guy some money and uh, he can he can give away 20%. I don't care what he does with it. He can do whatever he wants with his money. But if he feels that he's earning God's favor, and secondly, he probably shouldn't be telling people that openly, but we'll leave that a separate issue. Um, Mail Online, America has a distorted vision of the world, according to Dope Francis. Next article, listen to this. Mail Online, Vatican police break up a gay orgy at the home of the secretary of one of Dope Francis's key advisors. So we have a distorted view of the world, and yet how many hundreds of times have we brought this up right out of the Vatican? How many times have we seen this in the past year? What they are doing in the Vatican, the perversion which is coming out of there, which is, as we showed, he ordered bishops, what was it, two weeks ago in Africa, you must accept this bishop. If you don't, you are going to have to give up your your priestly garments. You're going to send a letter of apology directly to me. He was adamant with these people, and yet we have this type of stuff, and he, he forgives them. He waves it. He overlooks the child abuse things. They've got a backlog of over, what was it, 2,000 or 1,000 priests? And he says, well, we have a little bit of a problem. They have an enormous problem with this, and it is a disgrace to the name of Christ, even though, I, I won't go on, we'll go on to Islam today. Lots on Germany. Zero Hedge, Germany faces a wave of Muslim honor killings. They give a long, detailed list. Gatestone, Germany, surgeon stabbings and knife crimes. Breitbart, 62-year-old German woman fined over 1,000 euros for sharing anti-migrant joke online. Don't make a joke online in Germany. Breitbart, German police chief claims asylum seekers using Christian conversion to avoid deportation. I'm a Christian now. Okay, you can stay. Um, Let's see here. Zero Hedge, Germany, police powerless against Middle East Eastern crime gangs. They can't even control them anymore. Jerusalem Post, Berlin mayor allows Hezbollah to march in Zionists out of Israel rally right in Germany. Okay, Zero Hedge, the future of multicultural Europe, German city with the most immigrants also has the most crime. What do you think? Telegraph, Italy calls on European countries to take migrants' ships as country struggles with record numbers. Well, my thought is Germany will take them. So, poor Italy. Gatestone, Germany, infectious diseases spreading as migrants settle in. From the Telegraph, Austria to send troops and armored vehicles to the border with Italy to block migrants. Italy wants to get rid of these people. They have 
tens and tens of thousands coming in. They can't handle them. Their economy is bad. They're saying Europe has to take it. Austria says they're not coming through our borders. Austria has deployed armored vehicles close to its border with Italy and will send up to 750 soldiers to block any migrants trying to head north, the government announced. The move reflects deep concern in Vienna and elsewhere in Europe over the huge number of asylum seekers who continue to cross the Mediterranean from Libya. So far this year, more than 85,000 have been rescued and brought to Italy. Just this year. Independent. Canada offers apology, and many of you have probably heard this. If you haven't, it's just, it's so galling. Canada offers an apology and pay to a former Gitmo Bay prisoner. The Canadian government is going to apologize and give millions to a former prisoner in Guantanamo Bay. The official familiar with the deal said that Omar Khadar will receive 10.5 million Canada dollars. It's about 8 million U.S. The Canada-born Khadar was 15 when he was captured by U.S. troops following a firefight at a suspected al-Qaeda compound in Afghanistan that resulted in the death of an American Special Forces medic. He killed him. They're giving him money for it. U.S. Army Sergeant First Class Christopher Spear Cutter, who was suspected of throwing the grenade that killed Spear, was taken to Guantanamo Bay and ultimately charged with war crimes by a military commission. He pleaded guilty in 2010 to charges that included murder and was sentenced to serve eight years plus the time he had already spent in custody. He returned to Canada two years later to serve the remainder of his sentence and was released in May 2015 pending an appeal of his guilty plea, which he said was made under duress. So he is guilty. They know he is because they wouldn't have taken him there in the first place. He admitted to it. Now he's saying it was under duress and he's getting $8 million from the Canadian government. New York Times, just the title and a little explanation. A Libyan commander says his forces have taken Benghazi. I've brought him up many times in the past. His name is uh, General Khalifa Hiftar. He is um, a strong ally of Russia. Guess who is coming against Israel in Ezekiel 38? We'll go there very quickly. And um, uh, all of the people that are mentioned are aligned with Russia, every one of them. Those that are not with Russia are the ones that the Bible doesn't mention, like Egypt. They're not mentioned as coming against Israel during this battle, which is coming soon to a Gog Magog near you. Um, Let's see here. We'll go to Ezekiel 38, and we'll find... um, uh, where is this? I'm going to bring you against some bucklers, shields. Uh, okay, here it is. Verse 5. Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya are with them, all of them with shield and helmet, coming against Israel. So we have um, one more domino, which was, you know, it was initiated by our former president. He went in there and he took action against the recommendation of his own people and the military. He upset that government. Russia has moved in. They used to have bases there, you know, sub-bases, etc. All they have to do is just do a little bit of repair work and they're right in there again. All of these people are coming against Israel in fulfillment of Bible prophecy. Coming soon. Um, Let's see here. Mongolia News today. For those who have been following the missionary that we supported, the boy that went to Mongolia, he's there. He's uh, started his uh, stuff and if you want to follow him, you can go to teenmissions.org slash 2017 slash 07 slash 10 and then one more slash hello from Mongolia. And you'll be able to see everything he's doing over there that we help support him to get to this country and to minister to people in the name of Christ. So great stuff there. And Mongolia news today. Death penalty news. Mongolia's new criminal code abolishes the death penalty for all crimes in Mongolia's parliament, which became the latest to consign the death penalty to the history books. Um, I brought this up last year that they were going to do this. They did do it. It is now something there is no longer a death penalty in Mongolia. Lawmakers voted in favor of a new criminal code that abolishes the death penalty for all crimes in Variance to the word of God, which says that if you shed man's blood by man, shall your blood be shed. That is an eternal standard. That precedes the law. It is something that we are to do. There has been an attack made against the image of God. We are to end that person's life. Give him the gospel before you do it. But this is how societies devolve into anarchy, is by taking away the things that the Bible tells us we need to do. Okay, we'll go on. It says um, the new criminal code will take effect from September 2016 and would bring the uh, total number of countries to have completely abandoned this punishment to 102. 
three uh, countries, Fiji, Madagascar, and Suriname, have already abolished the death penalty this year. You can see the world is just going in the way of everything against God, everything against what he has ordained. The last execution in Mongolia was in 2008, and the death penalty remained classified as a state secret. Since then, the country has taken a series of steps towards abolition. It's done. Daniel 12 Technology Today, BBC. Living, this is very, very cool-looking thing. I mean, he looks like something coming out of a, a movie, if you if you watch this little video. Living dragonfly, a living dragonfly, not a, a, a what do you call it, a drone. Living dragonfly drone takes flight. They actually made this living dragonfly into a drone. Draper's dragonfly with the EYE at the end is a living dragonfly with a solar-powered backpack that can control its movements using light pulses. By genetically engineering the steering neurons of the dragonfly, researchers hope to be able to use the insect to get into areas larger drones cannot reach. So they're actually modifying this uh, signaling or homing thing in the dragonfly so they can fly it wherever they want. In the backpack, they got a little spice tack on there. He's got a Uzi and all kinds of stuff. So it's very impressive. Mail online. Yeah, dragonfly on the wall. That's it. U.S. military uh, reveals $65 million funding for Matrix projects to plug human brains directly into a computer. This is really bad idea here. The system could be used to give soldiers super senses and boost brain power. It will also allow radical new treatments for patients with sensory disorders. Well, that would be a good use of it, but I think they have something a little more sinister in mind here. Four teams will focus on vision and two on aspects of hearing and speech, which I could use the speech one myself. But anyway, um, interesting, but uh, I I think it's a bad idea. Uh, From Yahoo, from Mozart to Bozart, when machines write our music. Swiss researchers said that they have developed a computer algorithm that can generate brand new tunes in different musical genres. The Deep Artificial Composer, or DAC, can produce complete melodies with a beginning and an end that are completely original. It teaches itself to predict the pitch and duration of every note following another. Once, it is accurate at predicting 50% of note pitches and 80% of note durations in existing songs. The machine's training is complete. It picks up a follow-up note for each note played, based on the range of probabilities it memorized. But the program is taught to not pick the single most probable note, rather than one of the many between the uh, least and the most probable is what is chosen. An algorithm that always opts for most probable note will just keep repeating the same thing. Instead, the program was designed to produce an infinity of different tunes. The researchers tested their programs on Irish and Ashkenazi Jewish folk music. The DAC was able to identify the genre and avoid mixing the two. Pretty soon, we won't need composers anymore. No more Mozarts or Beethovens. We just plug it into a computer and say, write me a symphony. So, wonderful. Revelation Plagues today from The Guardian. Uh... Yeah, I'm just going to read this. It's it's what the Bible says about the uh, end times. If you uh, know the word in Revelation for sorceries, it comes from the Greek word pharmakia, okay, which means pharmacy. So it's a uniting of using chemicals in order to, you know, come up with bad things against God. In other words, listen to this. Religious leaders, this is from the Guardian, religious leaders get high on magic mushrooms ingredient. Scientists at Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore have enlisted two dozen religious leaders from a wide range of denominations to participate in a study in which they will be given two powerful doses of psilocybin, the active ingredient in magic mushrooms. With psilocybin, these profound mystical experiences are quite common. It seemed like a no-brainer that they may be of interest, if not valuable, to clergy. The experiment, which is currently underway, aims to assess whether a transcendental experience makes the leaders more effective and confident in their work and how it alters their religious thinking. Despite most organized religions frowning on the use of illicit substances, Catholic, Orthodox, and Presbyterian priests, a Zen Buddhist, and several rabbis were recruited. 
Sessions will be conducted in a living room-like setting at New York University and Johns Hopkins in Baltimore with two guides present. The participants will be given the drug and then spend their time lying on a couch wearing eye shades and listening to religious music on the headphones to augment their inward spiritual journey. It is too early to talk about results, but generally people seem to be getting a deeper appreciation of their own religious heritage. Remember what it says about sorceries here. Yes. I was just going to say, let's forget about the fact that they're communing with demons. Well, that's exactly right. That's what I'm saying right here. That's what the Bible says. They're, they're, they're participating in demonic activity. It says, it's too early to talk about results, but generally people seem to be getting a deeper appreciation of their own religious heritage. The dead dogma comes alive for them in a meaningful way. As if this isn't meaningful enough, knowing Jesus Christ in his fullness. I don't understand it. They really believe this stuff they're talking about. Like somebody that is talking about this doesn't believe it already. Pulpits are full of them. Well, now they can take psilocybin and they can start believing what they've been preaching all along. It's insane. goes on. They discover they really believe the stuff they're talking about. There is also a suggestion that after their psychedelic journey, the leader's notions of religion shifted away from the sectarian towards something more universal. Talk about one world religion, folks. They get, here's another one. Listen to this. They get a greater appreciation for other world religions, other ways up the mountain, if you will. In these transcendental states of consciousness, people seem to get levels of consciousness that seem universal. One world religion. You you don't think the Bible knew this was coming 2,000 years ago, coming from the pen of Paul, I'm sorry, of John, inspired by the Holy Spirit? It says, um, so a good rabbi can encounter the Buddha within him. (laughs) Kumbaya, folks. It's terrible stuff. Revelation 9.21 is one reference. It's uh, mentioned sorceries about four times in Revelation. But uh, keep that in mind is that this is prophesied here and it's coming to a religion near you very soon. Morality today. California Family Council. One long article. I hope that you'll appreciate what's going on out there in the left coast. Gender change and anti-religious liberty bills nearing final approval. Each of these bills have already made it through one legislative house and now are going through the hearing process in the other house. Senate Bill 179, change your gender bill. This bill completely changes the meaning of words male and female from a physical description of reality to a description of feelings and self-identification. And it is also officially creating a third gender non-binary for those who don't want to identify exclusively as either sex. That's first bill. Next bill, SB 310, gender changes for inmates. This is all being proposed right now in California. This bill will simplify the process for inmates to change their names and gender while in the custody of state or county prisons. SB 219, LGBT rights, long-term care facilities. This bill will inflict civil penalties on any skilled nursing facility, intermediate care facility, or residential care facility, and their staff if those patients identifying as transgender aren't referred to by their preferred gender pronoun. The list could contain as many as 50 options. The bill also mandates that gender be determined by self-identification and not by biology. As a result, anyone claiming to be a woman or a man would have to be treated like their preferred sex. Can you imagine that in regards to rooming situations and bathroom usage? Any sex between residents or between residents or visitors cannot be prohibited. Yes, there are no exemptions for religious institutions either. Next bill. This is all going on right now in California. Right now, they've proposed these, and do you think any of them are going to be turned down by the governor there? He's insane. As if they have no other problems. They, as if they have no other problems out there. Here's the next one. AB 569 prohibits pro-life codes of conduct. This bill is specifically outlawing employer codes of conduct for employees that prohibit abortion or contraception. This includes all churches, religiously affiliated schools, and pro-life nonprofits. There is very narrow exemption for ministers. The author also intends to use the law to outlaw codes of conduct prohibiting sex outside of marriage. 
And one more, AB 677, Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, and Transgender Disparities Reduction Act. Currently, primary and secondary schools that have students fill out the California Healthy Kids Survey must get parental approval if the questions about a student's sexual orientation are included. Some schools remove the sexual orientation question so they can give kids the survey without parental approval. This bill would prohibit schools from taking out the sexual orientation question if they are going to make their students take the California Healthy Kids Survey. Public school administrators have no business asking children to reveal their sexual feelings. This bill puts more pressure on schools to ask these very personal questions. And guess what they uh, outlawed in California schools yesterday? Chocolate milk. But they can do this to children, but you can't have chocolate milk. Imagine what's going on in California. Absolutely beyond the pale. From Christian Post today, top pediatrician says pushing transgender ideology on kids is child abuse. From Christian Post, number of UK children sent to gender clinics quadruples forced to unlearn boy-girl differences. From Weasel Zippers, Boston Public Library, special event for children, drag queen story time with the sisters of perpetual indulgence. Can you imagine having your children in a library reading time with them? Picture online if you want to see it later. Our other category... Mail online. Did a couple nature things, did something a little different today. Father of two, 42, who was scared of heights, now skydives from 17,000 feet with no fear at all. After surgeons remove his adrenaline gland. Yeah. Jordy Cernick, 42, had glands removed that produced adrenaline. Adrenaline is produced when you feel in danger. He had an affliction, and they needed to take it out. But he was scared of heights, but realized after he felt nothing on a huge roller coaster. Since then, he has skydived, abseiled, and zip-wired to raise awareness of the condition. Well, my thought is if you add in a little psilocybin, you know, you might be okay. Or maybe you could go to our next article. From Inverse, what is the most powerful weed strain? If you don't talk about the world devolving into wickedness, weed, all right, in a role reversal, American weed has grown so potent, some of it is being smuggled across the border into Mexico. With Yeah, can you imagine that? We are working on it in America. Now that we have these rights, we have perfected weed to such a point that other countries want our weed now. It says, um, with 29 U.S. states having legalized marijuana, the industry is becoming formalized. Growers are endeavoring to become more energy efficient, and the manufacturing process is becoming standardized. Unsurprisingly, this has led to competitors to develop plants that are blanketed in THC crystals, the chemical that enters your brain and attaches to the receptors responsible for perception, thinking, pleasure, keep thinking of revelation here, and a host of other high-level functions. The federal government maintains cannabis plants with a THC of over 15% is unusual. That's the federal government. They say anything more than 15% is really unusual. Listen to this. But growers today are reaching into the low to mid 30% range. A question that looms large is if having such a high THC content even matters, these super strains may saturate your brain with so many uh, THC molecules that they simply become surplus chemicals floating around in your brain with no empty neural receptors to bind to. The 2017 High Times Cannabis Cup results are a good place to start as it's an organized competition. Godfather OG, that's what they named their uh, their pot, won THC levels at a staggering 34%. Coming in a close second was a medical hybrid called Super Glue at 32.14%. The cannabis and culture site Herb, however, says that the strongest strain of 2017 is Manali West's Nova OG, which may be the highest testing cannabis strain in history. Nova OG came in at over 35.6% in THC potency, ruining ourselves one puff at a time. Absolutely insane. And if that isn't bad enough, next article, you probably saw it if you didn't. Mail online. 
Nevada governor endorses state of emergency to license more marijuana distributors after almost running out of weed only one week after legalization. With the legalization of pot in Nevada going into effect on July 1st, many have been rushing to dispensaries trying to get their hands on marijuana. Sales are already estimated to have reached $3 million, a third of which will translate to tax revenue for the state. It's all about money. It doesn't matter about morality. It doesn't matter about what you're doing to human life. Governor Sandoval had endorsed the department's state of emergency to fast-track the adding of more recreational marijuana distributors. Well, just go down to Mexico and buy some back that we uh, sold them and bring it into Nevada. You know, if you smoke pot, don't send me your email about your opinion on it, okay? Don't do it. I don't want to hear about it. I'm simply reading articles. I'm not giving any opinions. I don't need yours, okay? (laughs) Fox News. Minneapolis Airport TSA reportedly failed 95% of security tests. Good job, TSA. From the Washington Times, Trump donates. Listen to this. This is very important. Our president said he was going to do this. He did it. Trump donates his first presidential paycheck to Antietam Battlefield. I went there when I was traveling around the United States. I went to Gettysburg, and I have never been so moved in my life. I broke into tears when I pulled into those battlefields and thought what people went through to free other people and to to make this nation united once again. And he gave his paycheck to the Antietam battlefield. We have a wonderful president. I have you don't hear about it from anybody. I mean, it just doesn't make the news. But this is this is wonderful that he has done this. I I am very happy with our president. Got a Lesrick for you here. Jailed after throwing grenade. Cotter is about to be paid. After changing his plea, the murdered goes free. A new millionaire, he'll be made. That's Les's wife. Thank you, Kathy. And uh, before we go to our irony of the week, I'll tell you that we have Sergio and Rhoda's video coming up. I'll put it at the end of the Prophecy Update. It's um, uh, Caesarea, uh, Joppa, that area. It mentions Cornelius, okay, somebody that's going to be in today's sermon, and we did not plan that. He just happened to go there, and so uh, don't forget to watch the uh, Dietary Laws sermon. You will learn something, I think, that uh, uh, will enlighten you, and at the same time, you should have a little bit of fun with it. Um, Irony of the week, Orlando Sentinel, fake cop accused of trying to pull over real police department employee. (laughs) Yeah. Bad news there. And from Mail Online, um, this is just, this is so typical here. Uh, um, bride was given a suicide belt as a wedding present by her jihadist husband known as the Decapitator. And I thought, oh, he must think she's just dynamite. <laughs> Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ula and Batar, Mongolia. And um, where was it that I highlighted them from? Somewhere in Indiana. I'm sorry, I didn't write it down. South Bend, Indiana. I'm Charlie Garrett. This is the Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.